0: This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast with your hosts for today, Kimbra Swain and Jamie Davis, episode 182. I'm one of your regular hosts, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy and Sci-Fi Reads. I'm here with my special co-host, best-selling urban fantasy author Kimbra Swain, Kimbra will join us in just a little bit to help out with the interview portion of the show, but I want to introduce today's special guest author. Scott Walker was spinning stories and weaving worlds long before he got his creative writing Bachelor of Arts degree, though he spent many years in traditional business before coming back to his passion for storytelling. That full circle led him to slinging fiction again as well as teaching the art of visual storytelling in Art Center Extension program in Pasadena, California. An East Coast transplant, Scott currently lives in Los Angeles, which is the setting for his little yokai urban fantasy series. He loves D&D, dressing up as a Star Wars sandtrooper for Halloween, and playing video games. His wife claims he never disclosed these hobbies before they were married. Scott is also, of course, my usual co-host for the show, so he should be no stranger to being on the podcast with us. So let's jump on into our interview with Scott. Hi Scott, welcome to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi podcast. It's great to ha- I'd like to say it's great to have you on the show, but you're on the show every week cuz you're my co-host, but this time we're talking about your book, so I want to welcome you to the show.
1: Thanks very much. It's great to be here and uh, as a guest, I should say, as opposed as opposed to a co-host. It's yeah, awesome. It's, Thank you. Well, hopefully
0: it's a little less of a, a, you know, stressor load, although I don't know, maybe because it's, it's your book, it's it's worse.
1: No, it's way worse. <laughs> it's way worse. <laughs>
0: well, my turn's coming too. So if, anyth- if anything else, that that's fair. It'll, it'll come around again. So be,
1: be kind, Jamie. Be kind.
0: Well, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so let's start off with just having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about Scott Walker, the writer, and the type of stories you like to write.
1: Uh, Scott Walker, the writer, has been wanting to tell stories for decades, but didn't really get around to it until maybe the uh, mid to late 2000s. Um, I got a creative writing degree way back in the day. I'm not going to name the year, but it was a very long time ago and promptly didn't do anything with it and um, just kept watching all of these amazing TV shows, movies, playing video games, reading books, and just wanting to tell a story, wanting to create a world and never quite got around to it. And then happenstance uh, happened. I mean, a couple of friends started a website and one day they said, you need to write some flash fiction. We need some more content for the website. And I dusted off my creative writing degree and began writing flash fiction and found that I loved it. And uh, that might've been maybe 2008, 2009, something like that. And I've been writing ever since.
2: That's really cool. And so what what about urban fantasy appealed to you as an author and storyteller I mean were there other genres that you looked at and then you ultimately decided on urban fantasy
1: so the the short answer to that is I'm a failed straight fantasy writer I tried (laughs) for maybe almost a decade trying to write fantasy novels high fantasy low fantasy dark fantasy And I could never crack a story that I really liked. I'd write a first draft and I would say, this this is so awful. This is so bad. I don't even want to edit this. I would rather go rewrite a brand new novel than edit this awful, awful one. Um, So I did that for a very long time. And then out of frustration, more than anything else, I decided to try urban fantasy, where I didn't have to worry so much about building on an original world and I'm not about to say writing urban fantasy is easy, but what I will say is that for me personally, I think maybe it was the timing. Maybe I'd logged a lot of words in the fantasy genre and that just coincidentally, that particular urban fantasy novel I went to write turned out to be much better and seemed to be something worth pursuing. Maybe that was it. Maybe urban fantasy is just a genre that I naturally click with as an, as an author, whatever the case uh, as soon as i switched genres um it's like yeah i've got this book i've got this series idea this is really good and then i shared it with some people and some and with my writing group and they kind of they're like yeah this is there's something here you should really keep working on this and so i really at that point focused on um making that series presentable to the public and uh, i've got 5 books out on my little yokai series now and the 6th one comes out later
0: i love the little like, yokai series um it it's so it and you talked about not having to do so much world building, but you do so much world building in that, that book. I mean, <laughs> there's so much there's so much richness, and and I know you really worked hard to touch on authentically Japanese culture and myth in in that story. And I just I'm fascinated by it because not a lot of Western authors do those kind of things, and so it's it's a lot of it's completely new to me and a lot of readers.
1: Well, there's I mean. It was clearly my first passion project. Um, I cared an awful lot about the characters in it, the world, and the the messages that I wanted to to tell in it. Mm-hmm. And I have to give props to my sensitivity developmental editor, Sachiko Burton. She took uh, this kind of lump of clay that was that had you know potential, and she worked with me, partnered with me, and she elevated it to something that was beyond my wildest dreams. So i'm super happy with the way it turned out i'm incredibly grateful for working with her and i have to credit her for helping me flesh out a lot of those um authentic world building elements you're talking about jamie um yeah there is a lot of world building that goes on in urban fantasy i like i said i'm not saying one fantasy or one genre is easier to write than the other but for me once i hit urban fantasy it was like yeah i can do this this is awesome i love it mm-hmm. and uh yeah i think i think little yokai turned out really well thanks
0: Well, speaking of world building, let's talk a little bit about the duo world. Let me read the duo intro. People who've listened to the recent podcast probably have heard this before, but it's such a cool intro, and it really helps get us into the mood to talk about your duo book. The agents of Delta Underground Operatives have one critical mission, keep magic secret. Humans are not ready to know that the creatures from their dreams are real. They're even less prepared to fight the monsters from their nightmares. When the gods were killed, Alder Shaw the sole surviving demigod, established duo to protect the status quo, solved the mystery of the gods' fates, and safeguard the puddle, the last reservoir of divine magic. Aided by twin witches Maven and Moxie, Shaw paired up with beings of magic who resonated with each other. In tandem with the puddle, these individuals now enjoy access to a second set of abilities, making them tough to beat. These beings are the agents of Duo. So, Scott, just give us a quick overview of what your Duo book, the Delta Underground Operatives book, is about.
1: Well, it follows my dual casting characters. Uh, that would be Valencia Esperanza and Timurin Nightvale. She's a human necromancer, and he is a male wood elf. And the two of them are not super happy about having been paired together, uh, a necromancer and a wood elf are kind of at opposite ends of um, the spectrum on lots of ways. Um, but as we all know, uh, you don't get to choose who you're paired with in the duo world. It was kind of a take it or leave it option. And for, for various different reasons, they each decided to stick it out and make it work. Um, in the In The Cloak and Dagger, which is my novel, the two of them end up uncovering secrets on both sides of their past lives. And they have to learn to trust each other in order to continue working as a pair.
2: So tell me more about Val and Timurin. If I were to invite them over for dinner, what should I expect from those two?
1: Well, first off, Timurin's a vegan, so that's going to help you figure out his cuisine right there. And secondly, Val pretty much lives on coffee, energy drinks and junk food.
0: That's great. I mean, they're so opposite. <laughs> I'm I'm not even sure in Alabama you can serve a vegan. Can you? And uh, maybe in your private home you can.
2: Well, uh, we we've got a few things. I mean,
0: <laughs> we we can do a spread of vegetables with the barbecue, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's great though. I I I love the idea of them um being so different and having to be forced together. It's one of the things that I think makes these different agent groups in the world and the different authors that are putting them together. So unique. Um, When you came up with Val and Timuron, how did you plan for that? I mean, was there a lot of writing for character development or, you know, what, what was that process like for you to discover the two of them?
1: Well, I think my original character set was a druid and a necromancer. And I, I was instantly drawn to the opposite track let's create some instant conflict because that's just grist for the writer's mill so i knew i wanted to have two characters who were going to be kind of at least a little bit abrasive towards each other um there was there's going to be some friction to them working together and then um it then ended up changing to a wood elf as opposed to a druid basically they're Almost the same thing. But don't tell Timurin that he he hates it when people confuse him for a druid, even though he carries a cloak and carries a staff and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know that I did a ton of uh, like deep dive bio background on the characters before I began to plot out the story. And uh, I got enough to start writing. And then as I was writing... Things unfolded and developed and kind of surfaced during the scenes as I was going through the story. I would I would be either actively looking for some kind of a background bit that I could reference in a scene, or things would organically pop up where I'm like, Oh, yeah, she would totally react negatively to his comment in this particular case. But then I would go a little bit deeper, but why? Why would she react that way? And so it's a little bit of both. I think I get enough on the page for each of the characters to start writing. And then the story itself begins to reveal a lot more of their background to me. That's kind of my process.
2: That's really cool. Let's talk about my favorite part of books. I wanna talk about the villain. I want to know who is so bad and evil that they have to have this duo sent after them.
1: I I, I don't want to spoil it. Um the uh, his name is Malith Malicent Vinderol and he is from the Elven community and he starts off he's kind of a tragic figure. He starts off meaning to do well and then it goes sideways and he doesn't react the way uh, I think most people would want him to. He kind of double downs on his mistake and his mistaken viewpoints, and so he goes from um, being a somewhat tragic sympathetic sympathetic character to someone who embraces a worldview that is antithetical to everything that the Delta Underground Operatives organization stands for, and to the point that he is really threatening the uh, fabric of realities we know it, and because of his background and because of the particular skill sets and powers that he has Aldershaw is told by the duo cancel i think you need to send out val and tim the, these are the two dual casters who are going to have to take down this particular threat um, there's more to it than that but i don't want to spoil too much kimber
0: that's understandable <laughs> you know it, it's 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 hard to like share things in these interviews without giving away too much for, for the characters. But um, one of the things that makes this, Project for me so interesting is the rich world building that's gone into it. Kimbra, you and Nicole did a, such a great job just getting that framework there, and really a lot of the details ironed out for what this world was going to be like. But Scott, we we have this canon document that lives in the cloud that we all share. Just um, you know, for the readers out there that are listening, and Scott has contributed a ton of stuff to that document and really fleshed out the whole world in the process of sharing his world. So I, my question for you, Scott is you've shared a lot. What is your favorite thing that you've developed? That's been added to the Canon in your world building.
1: Oh, it's gotta be midnight crossings. It's gotta be that little bubble verse magical city because I, uh, and I think honestly, the coolest thing wasn't coming up with it and putting it in my novel. It was coming up with this, um, magical city with these portals that you could access all around the world that uh, where the location uh, it's, it's this city perpetually cast in darkness. There, there's no sunlight that ever touches midnight crossings. And in the very center of midnight crossings is something called the night market, which is just the seediest. I mean, think most icily times a thousand. Like it's just anything bad, disgusting, evil, whatever, you name it, the, the worst of the worst can be found there. Um, and to me, that was like, yeah, I can put anything I need there. If someone needs some information, they got to go to Midnight Crossings. Oh, they got to get something like not so great, not so savory, go to the night market. And for me, the coolest thing was seeing what other authors were doing, where they kind of would go in and have their own take on that. So I, I had a vision in my head of what it was. I put that in the canon doc. But I love working in shared worlds and brainstorming with other authors. And so for me, the coolest thing wasn't writing about that in my book, but seeing it reflected through the voices and uh, the stories of other authors in the duo world. So that's been fun for me.
2: It really has been fun. And I've been working on some of the night market stuff myself. And in fact, um, I have an upcoming post in our, our reader group about uh, kind of a visualization of the area of the night market that um, my my characters go into. So it's a really cool piece of the puzzle that you contributed. And I can't thank you enough for for taking the time and, and really adding that to our world because um, when we added the authors, that's what we really wanted is for some of y'all to come out and really give us some really great ideas. And I think that's what makes duos really awesome because we have so, so many great ideas that we get to put together um have have you um what's it like you know writing with other authors but not really co-writing have you uh experienced anything new because you're now writing in a in a shared world
1: well i had conversations with um cat and shavon and sarah and nicole in terms of their own stories and and elements of the world so um cat and Particular, she and I were, I think, every week for several weeks, we were brainstorming right out of the gate as she was trying to get her head around what her novel was going to be about. And I was um, in the process of editing mine. So that, I again, like I said, I love brainstorming ideas with other authors, even if it's not my story. I just, I love that creative process. So for me, being able to, that's why I love shared worlds, being able to bump up against super talented authors, um, people that I hope to be able to write as well as someday aspire to be, um, to be able to work with people at that quality level and do, to do that in a creative, uh, collaborative way that that's my jam. That is like my favorite way to spend the day. So, um, I definitely got as much back from the other authors as I may have contributed. Um, I got different takes on, on the way my characters needed to be presented. So I was reading Siobhan's story, which hasn't come out yet, but I got an early access to it and I'm reading through it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I like the way she really handled this particular presentation of do a world building material. I think I'm going to go back and rewrite mine a little bit, kind of shift it to, uh, to, to, to elevate it a little bit better. So th- there's no way you can interact with other authors. And I mean, if you're, if you're trying to to better your craft, there's no way you can interact with other authors and not learn something, not come away with at least one good idea, one one better way to improve your craft. So this has been hugely helpful for me in lots of ways. And it's been a ton of fun. So thanks again, Kim. I really appreciate you setting this up.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's been a joy to participate in this. And you know, I too have found things that people have been sharing. Um, in their stories, uh, even after like the release, I made a few adjustments of the first couple of books. Cause I've been reading them as they come out and, um, and I'm finding things like, oh, you know, ideas for next books and maybe in, you know, a second or third book can, with my characters. Um, is there going to be more from your characters? Are we going to see more of Val and Timuron, or is, is this the, the sole story for now?
1: Um, it, well, it's the sole story for now in terms of scheduling. Um, it, it is book one. So there's going to be at least one more book, if not two. Um, and I definitely have ideas for what's going to hap- happen afterwards. There's a, uh, I would call it maybe a, a soft cliffhanger at the end of, of this book. Um, so the door's definitely open for Val and Tim to do more. And clearly, there's always going to be a threat to the world, hence the, the need for duo. So yeah, look for more.
2: So if you're talking to your existing fans who have already read Little Yokai, what about uh, the new series with the duos is like that? Or how do you get them to transfer from one series to the other? Are there anything that crosses over themes or anything that that your existing fans would want to know?
1: Well, there's uh, Little Yokai is a procedural. So she, uh, she, Keiko, the main character, she's in law enforcement herself. So she's out uh, protecting the world and trying to bring uh, criminals to justice. There's a similar element in that regard in terms of uh, there's a threat to the world. These are the good guys. Val and Tim are going out to to save the world, to save others. And there's lots of magic. There's lots of action. So those are all the same. Um, but it is different insofar as this is the first dual POV book I've ever written. and um, and uh, And it's kind of a, it's the first, I would say, slow burn kind of romance thing where it's it's book one not much happens but um there's stuff down the road i've got planned for them and and that's all very different from from little yokai but magic action that that kind of a solving a mystery taking down a bad guy it's all the same stuff and that all happens in every single book of little yokai
0: yeah i think i think your readers are really going to enjoy the what's going on in the duo universe from a lot from you and the other authors, because I think there's, like you said, there's the similarities of that police procedural kind of um, situation, the good guy, the good investigators, or, or in this case, assassins going after the bad guy. Um, but we've, we've kind of wrapped up the the major questions, but we've gotten to the best part of the show, which is one of my favorite parts, which is our rapid fire, This is the the part we call the No Wrong Answers, Five Rapid Fire Questions with No Wrong Answers. Are you ready to go, Scott?
1: No, but let's do it.
0: All right, here we go. I'll go first. Here we go. Checkers or chess? Chess.
2: What is your dream car? That
0: would be an old 1986
1: series BMW.
0: Favorite TV series?
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Toss up between
0: firefly and Deadwood,
2: audiobook or regular book
0: regular book top hot dog condiment
1: there's only one right answer, Jamie, and that's mustard.
0: <laughs> I was hoping you'd get that <laughs> answer right. <laughs> what do I win? What do I win? <laughs> No, uh, you know, I, I, I put that in there cause you and I are of a similar age and I just, <laughs> I, think we, I think we both get that reference. Um, but, um, Scott, thanks for coming on the show and, and a special thank you to Kimbra for guest hosting, um, with us today. Um, where can we find more about you, about Cloak and Dagger, about Val and Timron? Where can they connect with you online? So-
1: yeah, super easy. Thanks for asking. Scottiswriting.com is my author website. And I am Scott is writing on all the major social media platforms as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Scott. And we'll have you back as a co host next time. I was going to say, see you next time, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. Chatting with Scott was a lot of fun, Kimbra. I can't wait to read his book that's coming out soon in the duo universe. Um, For some of you, he actually may already have the book out, but um, we're going to be linking to all of that in the show notes for this episode. So go ahead and check those out there. But um, Kimbra, why don't you tell folks where people can find more about you and where to find your books?
2: You can find more about me on KimbraSwain.com or in my very active reader group on Facebook called Magic and Mason Jars. How about you, Jamie?
0: Well, you can find me at jamiedavisbooks.com or in my Fun Fantasy Readers Facebook group. And make sure you check out the podcast as well. Subscribe to the show at jamiedavisbooks.com. You can click on the podcast tab at the top of the page or over on the right-hand sidebar. There's an image there as well. We want you to subscribe to the show and be able to come back and get every episode. Until next time, I'm Jamie Davis here with our special guest host, Kimber Swain, telling you to keep on reading and keep listening here to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast.